Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Intimate Knowledge with Megan King. Shh. It's a show about sex. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Intimate Knowledge. I'm your host, Megan King. You can find me on Instagram at Megan King, and you can find my retreats offered at GaiaHavenExperience.com. I just launched my Zermatt retreat, which will be in July. It's going to be my first international. I'm pretty excited about it. But that's not why we're here today. We're here to talk about headlines and then sex and then more sex, because that's what we talk about on Intimate Knowledge. Okay, if you guys aren't caught up, I'm going to catch you up. Jim and Courtney, my ex-husband, Jim, and his wife, Courtney, went on for 59 minutes just slamming me for, um, like, it's hard to even remember this shit because I compartmentalize so much of it. I have to because this man is a nightmare. And it's a nightmare even talking to him about anything. Evidenced by the three nasty emails he sent me today. Which, by the way, let's just talk about that. Because, Jim, I'm in Cabo right now. And the thing is, I told him I was going out of town, told Jim, and I said, do you want the kids? You can have the kids. I have to hire a nanny. Like I get the kids 75% of the time. And I had this awesome, incredible opportunity to take this vacation with a bunch of friends. And I am so happy. It is like, look at this beautiful room, this beautiful house. It's amazing. Moms are allowed to do that every now and then. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I messaged him three times to see if he wanted the kids during this time that I'm gone. I pinged him 
three separate times because he never responded. Well, anyway, it's Monday. It's the time. It's like usually he drops the kids off at school and then I do this, the pickup. Well, he messages me. No, he can't take the kids because he's decided to go out of town or, or something. Fine. That's his prerogative. But like, if you act like you're such an involved father and you see the want to see the kids and everything, and and then he literally, this is the only reason I'm talking about this. He went on his Instagram today and he did a post. Mondays are always so hard because the kids go back to their moms. And I'm thinking, they don't have to go back to your moms. Like, stop crying. They don't have to go to my house today. I literally offered them to you while I'm in Cabo. And so that's the shit that pisses me off. It's so manipulative. It's passive aggressive. And then it makes his 100,000 followers think that like, oh, now they're at their mom's house and she's in Cabo because she's posting pictures. He knows exactly what he's doing. And and he's like, oh, that's too bad. Their mom. He literally wrote me emails today because he... um there was a miscommunication and my nanny picked up a kid when he was supposed to pick the kid up and he was upset about that. Rightfully so. I apologized. I, I um, took it on the chin just as you know, I should, because there was a mistake there and it was my nanny picking up the kid instead. Like, fine. I even offered to fix it. I get three nasty messages, nasty, nasty, nasty that um, I need to, maybe stay home and be a mom or communicate or do something instead of chasing guys all over the country. This is fucking obnoxious. You're going to have to figure this shit out. That's how he talks to me. All because of a miscommunication. I said, please don't talk to me that way. Um, I'm sorry about this happening. Would you like me to fix it? No, he doesn't want me to fix it. And he said that I'm raising the kids poorly. All because of a miscommunication with picking up one of our kids. Like, it's not that deep. And also, I'm figuring out all the shit with the kids while I'm in Cabo. Like, you could have taken them. I offered them to you three times. That's the kind of shit. It's it's too much. Whatever. Back to the story. Jim and Courtney do this interview. And... What they really wanted to say, too, is that, oh, it's so embarrassing how I talk about sex all the time. And our kids are going to see this one day. First of all, do you know how much content I have out there? A lot. For my kids to go back through and sort through every piece of content that I've ever created, it's going to take a long time. And I can doubt, I highly doubt that by the time my children are able to access, like, on their own, my sex podcast, they're probably going to go for things that don't include their mom talking about sex. Also, they know I talk about sex because I am open with my kids. I communicate with them on an age-appropriate level to arm them with knowledge about themselves and their bodies. Like It's not a secret in our house. And to, to vilify sex is to vilify like the raising of a good human, a good, well-rounded and balanced human. And so yeah, my kids are not going to be looking for a sex podcast. If they want to, I hope they listen to mine. And I hope that they that they watch my journey and are proud of what I have done and how I how I speak so openly about wanting people to live their authentic lives. So I hope they listen to this podcast. They're not going to because they're going to want to listen to their mom talk about sex, okay? So the response that I got from this podcast though overwhelming show of support. People did say that they thought that I was slamming Jim. No, I was responding to Jim. He can't just, he and Courtney can't just attack my integrity. I literally make a living 
on my integrity and honesty and my ability to be real and relate. If, if I didn't respond to those comments, then that would be like allowing my character to take a freaking direct hit. You think I'm going to do that? No. And so I brought the receipts. But I think some people are not there since Jim likes to say that I like him for like his name. Let's be honest. Jim Edmonds is not a name compared to Megan King. And I'm no special thing either. Let's get that straight. But Jim, my God, nobody wants to be associated with that name. Thank God I am not. And ugh, I, I don't I like it's even hard to, to talk about. Like it, this is so depressing. It's so it makes me sick. The way he speaks to me makes me sick. I'm finally seeing that people are responding in a way that they're backing. They see me. I've gotten so many messages from women saying that, thank you for speaking up and keep speaking up, keep speaking up because they weren't able to. And the horror stories that have been shared with me are just so sad. And I love that I am able to inspire people to move on and also to, um, to find themselves after being broken and, and damaged so bad that you don't even know if you can pick yourself up again. And those are the messages that I'm getting from people. So if I inspired one person by speaking up to defend my character, then that's a job well done. I just want healing and I want honesty. I just want it to be like the truth to be out there. And we don't have to talk about our personal lives. But what I am going to talk about is the way that I'm hurt. And the way that like, I feel when I have to try to supposedly co-parent with someone who talks to me the way he does, it's exhausting and it's unnecessary. Why, why can't it just be all about the kids? You know what? I think I want to put my intention out there that going into next week's podcast, I, I want funny and light. I want to talk about fun sex and, and funny sex and interesting things about anything sex related, but I want it to be light. That's my intention moving forward that we are going to talk about positivity and it's going to be happy and fun for next week. And that actually leads me into our next guest, Shan Boudram. She is a sexologist. She's an incredible badass woman and I need to get some advice from her. I'm in Cabo right now, like I told you, and I'm here with an old friend who was an old flame and I kind of want to unpack that with her. So let's bring in Shan. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Shan Boudram, thank you so much for joining us today. You have an incredibly impressive bio. You're certified sex educator, dating coach, intimacy expert. I love your podcast, Lovers and Friends with Shan Boudram. You're a best-selling author. You're co-host of Peacock's show, X-Rated with Andy Cohen. Uh, and you're you're um, married, you're a wife, you're a mother, you are an ambassador for the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, womenshealth.gov, a member of the American Sexual Health Association. Like I'm I'm worn out. Good. <laughs> well I like to wear people out. <laughs> that's, I think so, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, right. Why not? So you've been the go-to for sex, relationships, dating, and love. And I love the way that the descriptor that's been given to you to describe you is kind of like Dr. Ruth meets Rihanna. Tell me about that. Yes. In actuality, that's the descriptor I gave to myself. And uh, I was coming Love up with it. a formula for women. Cause I, the bulk of my work is I try to help uh, people identify as women just get great at this part of their life. That is a huge, huge influencer on everything else. And oftentimes I think women are encouraged to be in the passenger seat of the side of their life. And I'm like, no, like when you have, an amazing connection with your body and you can share that with other people in a way that you feel confident about. And when you have an amazing connection with your heart and your mind, and again, you can share that with other people and feel confident about that, everything else opens up. So why are we being passive? I want you to be in the driver's seat. And one of the things that I was workshopping with women is like a pain point in small talk is the question, what do you do for a living? And mm-hmm. often when women are volleyed this question, it's an opportunity to brag about yourself and showcase yourself in an interesting, cool light. And they usually fumble the bag and say something minimizing or some kind of self-deprecating joke. So I came up with a formula that Mm -hmm. was like, here's how you tell people what you do for a living. First, you say, I am a, and then give me the best, shiniest way to describe you. So I am a um, editorial 
create direct, you know, whatever right. it is that you do right. that now tell me what is the, why do you do it? Like I inspire people to look their best and best. Mm-hmm. And then the final part is kind of like, and then you're going to put two things together that are well-known, but not usually paired. And so mine is, I am a public facing sex and relationship educator that inspires people to be more competent and thus more confident in the bedroom and beyond kind of like Dr. Ruth meets Rihanna. I love that. I mean, I think that's so important too, that you're bringing to mind what people are already doing. We just don't consciously understand that this this is happening, that we're, we're degrading ourselves and minimizing ourselves because of whatever we've been taught or, or trying to unlearn perhaps. And, um, that, that's a, I love that, that the, um, what, what stuck out to me the most wasn't, I am this, it's why I do this. Yes. Yeah. I'm giving you so many different inroads to talk about me because that's what I'm an expert at. And that's where I can like puff up my chest and be shiny and be interesting. So that's the goal of this. It's like when you're past the ball and give it an opportunity to make yourself shine, shine bright like a diamond. You're a sex expert. So how did you get into sexology? What's a sexologist? Tell me about that. Yeah. So a sexologist is somebody who studies sex as it relates to biology, psychology, sociology, um, pharmaceuticals, education. Mm. So there's various Mm -hmm. different ways. It's like asking a nutritionist, like, what do you do? There are nutritionists who work in a hospital, nutritionists who are on Instagram. So I am probably Mm -hmm. closer to the former. I'm a public facing sex and relationship educator. So I try to get information from really smart people from all walks of life and find a way to bring that to the general public in a way that is provocative and transformative. How long have you been doing this? Oh, 15 years. Tell me about the diff- like the evolution. Was it different when you 15 years ago versus today? Oh, heck yeah. I think the main difference I can put to a stat is when I started this work, the main questions I used to get is why can't I orgasm? Today, uh-huh. it's how do I orgasm more? Like, how can I orgasm mm-hmm. for my toes or how can I squirt? Like, that's the one. Right. And when I first started, the statistic was for every three orgasms a person with a penis is ha- was having, a person with a vulva was having one. So it's a three to one orgasm uh-huh. gap. Today, the orgasm gap is two to one, which is obviously still a gap, but things are definitely improving. Yeah, that is so interesting. You know, when I first even started when Intimate Knowledge, this podcast launched during the pandemic, and here we are about three years later, I would say, maybe three and a half years later, and um, I've even noticed a huge shift in how people respond to sex in just three years. Oh, tell me about it. Okay, yeah. So... um, I just felt like it was more of a hush hush type of situation. I think shows like Euphoria have really pushed the the boundaries of being able to speak about sex, which is something that we all humans all need, just like we need um air and and water and I'm if we want it, I guess, right? But um, I mean, it's it's a hierarchy of needs. It's a natural desire and urge. And yet we we've been told not to talk about it for so many years. But now it's changing, and especially with the women part of it. Like I felt sex, sex slut shamed, sex shamed, slut shamed. Um, I don't anymore, but I, I just felt like I. You know what? I was probably doing it to myself. And um, and I just I love that now here I am, and I'm open about talking about sex on this podcast, talking about my personal sex life, other people's sex lives. I don't judge. I don't. It's interesting to me more than anything, and. That is, that's not how we started out three years ago. It was pushing the boundaries. Yeah, I agree. I think that three years ago before the pandemic, 
we just prioritized everything else and we felt like, you know, how we get to work and what size coffee we buy, like all these things that we thought were going to be there forever mm-hmm. and run our lives forever. Then we realized through the pandemic that when everything was taken away, the one thing that we were left with that actually was tried and tested and true, like when all the chips, everything else fell, our close intimate relationships are what still stood. And that's what Bingo. still mattered. And everything else that you thought mattered so much, all of a sudden you realize like didn't actually matter that much anymore. Also relationship with yourself, which is not so different than a relation, an intimate relationship with another person, because like, it's like you're saying, if you have the strength within yourself, then you can go out and have healthy relationships outside of that. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about, about that, um, about being in a relationship, you know, with yourself. I talk about master dating and I use that term to master the art of dating yourself, dress up, take yourself on the date, buy yourself that, you know, steak in the fancy dress that you were waiting to wear for some special occasion. And so, so the whole master dating idea, it's not, it's, I mean, it's funny. It sounds like masturbating. So that part's funny, but like, it's been a really, it's been um, very eye opening for me to develop this relationship with myself. Oh, 100%. I think that that is, again, one of the gifts that the pandemic gave us is that it made people sit down and some people literally were with themselves for months on end. There was a huge, natural and important shift towards self-care and self-love and master dating definitely is like a genius way to encapsulate that. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so I, over the last three years as well, I have been on my own sexual journey and healing from um, a breakup with uh, my my ex-husband, which who was like, he's really um it's very very difficult to get along with him uh, well that just doesn't happen he's it's it's a nation and after you know still healing from that congratulations on ending that thank you and i'm still healing from it it's an ongoing thing i can't i have three kids with him so it's hard i can't just block him out of my life but um but because of uh, of healing from that trauma and then trying to date with three young kids and I have had a couple relationships over these three years, but nothing has lasted. And I kind of want to like unpack that a little bit with you and see if you might be able to help me. Um, I saw that you, <laughs> you suggest that we ask our old partners what we could have done better or what we did wrong or how to grow. Yes. So guess what, Shan? Yes. I did. I took your advice. I reached, okay, but this is actually, this is like kind of a psychology into like my own sense of fucked up shit that I've done over the last three years. But okay, so I literally reached out to two people I dated. That I've dated 1 million people. I reached out to two because I realized I didn't have a significant enough relationship with anyone else to ask them. So I, so I did with two people. One person didn't respond. The other person said, I'm going to pass. Also, I think they're a little bit intimidated by this podcast. It's like, well, I told them I wouldn't mention them, but like, I don't know. Maybe they're scared of that. But that's all I got, Shan. Nothing. Nada. Yes. Zilch. It's hard. Why? I mean, it's because we're, we're conditioned to feel like once we're done, we can just move on. And it's like, I don't want to invite conflict. I, a lot of people are non-confrontational right. as it is within their existing relationships. So to ask people to be confrontational in a relationship they no longer have a stake in is a lot, uh, which is why in the book, not that you did it, but like, it is so important when you reach out in the game of desire where I 
pitch to people. It's like, you really have to come to these people waving the white flag. Like this is a self-help activity that I'm working on because this right. is here that I really want to get into my next big love story. I really feel like my kids, like whatever you can throw, right. to, it's a plea because there's no reason this person should want to do this. And also too, you want to ensure that they understand this is not an ego fulfilling activity for you. I'm no. not asking you to come on no. to tell me I did everything right. On the contrary, whatever you can point out to be like, look, at the end of the day, what's spicy to you may not be spicy to me. So I'm not telling you that this is a bad part of your personality. Right. Maybe somebody else will love this about you. But if you want to ask me what didn't work with me, here are some of the things that you did or said or habits that put me off a little bit. Um, do with what you will with this information. I think you're amazing. Like you, they can still take the high road. Right, so. right. Well, you I kind of feel really like, like I would know what they would dream. say anyways. That's I helpful. Think, yeah, I think I think they would say that I like probably rushed in, rushed in. I moved too fast. All I do is make plans all day long. I play house in my head and I make plans for millions of years into the future. And so very natural that like I would do that also in a relationship. But I did just decide to date a woman for recently just to um we went on like a three day date in New York City. And I'd never dated a woman. I don't identify as even bisexual. And so that was probably one of the most, if not the most significant relationship that I've had in the sense that made me discover my power, that I don't have to be defined by any certain role that I've placed myself in up to my 38th year, but that I can explore whatever I want. And I am the owner of my own happiness. And I, I drive that train. Like I so even though I'm not in a romantic relationship with this woman, she gave me the gift of discovering that I can do whatever I want. Wow. Shout out. Yeah. It was, it was really important. And it also made me think to, to strip down those expectations of what I would want from a man, which is I have three kids. I'm a single mom. So in my head, I'm like, I want a partner to live at home with me and to go to the kids events with me. Whereas now I'm thinking, Wait, do I? I have tons of friends who can go to those events with me. Like, I really like keeping my home the way it is and having a pink chandelier in my kitchen. Like, I like do. Do I really want that? Yeah, I would say you know that. What like, I'm saying yes. A common thing that I see a lot of people do when they're trying to like look for a partner is mm -hmm. they have this to do list. Like, here are the things I want to do with my partner, and here's right. how I want them to fit into my life, or. Here's who I want this person to be externally. So we really focus on all of these factors that we don't, one, have a lot of control over and two, don't always lead to a healthy relationship because when you combine no. those things with your needs and your changes, it may not work the way that you envision it. So I encourage people instead to focus on a to-feel list. Like, mm -hmm. here's how I want to feel in my next relationship. Mm -hmm. I want to feel the mm -hmm. way that that woman in New York City made me feel. I want to feel empowered. I want right. to feel cool. I want to feel funny. I want to feel supported because like, a lot of the, the to feels can inform you about who you should look for. Because if you want to feel financially supported and safe, mm -hmm. if you want to feel um, like your kids have someone else to go to, then like, okay, I'm looking for that father figure. But you might actually discover through that to feel list that you actually don't need someone, you know, who makes you feel like, oh, I'm, I have a co-parent. It's more important to feel like I have somebody who's there for me because when I, mean, I really think about it, that my kids are supported in other ways. So right, I think right, focusing right. on that to feel this could really reframe what it is that you focus on when you go on dates. You're not trying to interview that person. What do you want to feel? I'm gonna take a yeah. Break. Can you fit into these to-dos that I have mapped out? But instead, like, 
do you have the capacity to make me feel these ways? And do I feel that way when I'm with you? I, you know, I do that with money. Um, I, I don't do it with love with money. I say to myself, why, why am I, why do I like money? Why do, why is this important to me? And then I say, well, I want to feel financially secure. I want to experience, uh, have like meaningful experiences that cost money. Well, so here I am at this place in my life and I've had the least amount of money I've ever had, but it's organized. And I am so happy and free that the money is doing exactly what it needs to do which is making me feel a certain way, which is what I want out of money, which is just another form of energy. And so it's so fascinating that like to shift to the feel that you get from whatever it is in your life. Well, what do you, what do you really want from that? You know? So what do I want from love? What do I need? I I need to, I need to fucking figure it out. But I wanted to ask you about some red flags that everyone should look for, including myself. (laughs) Just across the board, red flags. Yeah, like across the board, like I, because I think of weird red flags. Like if a guy doesn't have a headboard in his bed, I feel like that's a red flag because I feel like that means he doesn't have a shit together. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. There's my favorite book is called The Science of Happily Ever After. One of my favorite dating books. Let me put it that way. Not my favorite book of all time. Uh, But the big takeaway from that book is that scientifically, statistically, you should make three wishes when you think about your next partner. Um, Whether you form those in like how you want to feel or you form those and how you want that person to be is up to you, but like three distinct wishes. And because if you, one, have too many things on your list, you end up losing track of what's actually important. And two, it becomes more difficult to find that person. And a big part of dating too is just like, it's trial and error. It's lots of joyful exchanges with different people. I can tell you that when I started dating and dating really well, I was like 10 people that were amazing back to back to back to back to back. Like Mm. it wasn't like, oh, four shitty people. And then one white knight who finally came along. It was like, I got really clear about what I was looking for. And I focused on those three things. I would go on a date with somebody and they had those three things. But I'm like, something is kind of off in this mix, but I had an amazing time and we'll still stay connected. And I kept right. doing that until I met the person. I'm like, you have those three things and you have that it factor and right. I see a future and I can see us growing and evolving together. And I'm enjoying every change that I see you make, which you can only make that discernment over time. But nonetheless, like that to be said, if you have those like really clear things that you're looking for, then you base your red flags around those. Um, because my husband, when I met him was sleeping on a friend's couch. So the headboard oh thing he was like no so board. far, <laughs> right. He didn't even have a bed. Like no, he didn't have he a didn't board for the bed, right. He didn't have a pillow. He just was sleeping on like a throw <laughs> thing. So that wouldn't be my red flag. And at the right. time that I met him, I was in a studio apartment on the brink of being deported from America. So oh, shit. his red, that could be a red yeah. flag. When he yeah. came and saw me for the first time, he was like, <laughs> that I could almost, be somebody else's red flag. Like, I just knew that you were going to open the door and be like a 50 year old man. Like it, there was, I just thought you were a catfish. Cause I'm like, there's no way this girl uh-huh. lives in this apartment. Um, like that's, that's like so just where I was at. Right. But universal red flags, I would say are the really great words that are becoming normalized in our culture today, uh-huh. which is gaslighting, right? Uh-huh, Love right. bombing, uh-huh. breadcrumbing, uh-huh. benching, uh-huh. Like being aware. I don't know that one. What is that one? Benching. When you can sense that somebody just is is not putting you in the game, but they're just keeping you on the sidelines oh, just yeah, in case yeah. they need somebody. Keeping the bench warm. Yeah, yeah just you're, in just, case you're a bench warmer. In. When you're like, right. oh, I know what this is. Like this person is giving me, which is similar to breadcrumbing. They're giving me just enough right. to stay invested. String along. 
but they're not actually doing the things that I know someone does when they truly care about somebody. Like, I know the rest of those words because I talk about them because I have been really poor at recognizing love bombing in the past. Honestly, I think I might do it sometimes because I think I get so passionate and involved in the moment. That's that's kind of the old me. So it's like, I'm going to attract people like that too. I'm a little, it's a little different now, but I wanted to ask your, 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 um, take on, I'm in Cabo right now. I'm on a trip with, um, this guy that I've been in a relationship with, but we've mainly been friends. So over the last, like since my my ex-husband and I split, so three years on and off we've dated, but like, I don't really know if I trust people in the same way that I used to blindly trust when like I was first met him really. And so is th- is that a bad thing to like keep going back to the same per- or could it be a matter of t- poor timing or t- talk to me about that? Well, I think big terms can feel really overwhelming when we don't have like small steps and actions to assign yeah. to them. So like, trust is really a big word. Like how do I trust people? My favorite yeah. definition of trust is just consistency plus time. That's Ooh, it. I love that. Mm-hmm. And so and it's starting small, right? So if I ask you to do something and you consistently meet that need over time, then I learn to build trust with you that way. And yeah. so starting really mindfully with people of like, trust is an issue for me. So look, I get really anxious if I don't know where somebody is at the end of the day. So it's really important to me to allow me to be relaxed in this relationship. If you just send me a good night text or just a, hey, here's how my day went text. That's all I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. Can you do that for me? And if that person hears you and understands the feel, the why behind it and does that every day over time consistently, like, okay, great. Like you listened. So now I'm going to ask you for something else. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm go- whatever else it is, like you build yeah. slowly upon that, those small asks until they turn into a life where you can actually rely on that person. But when we keep trust in our mind is this big thing. Like, can I trust you to watch my kids? It's like, yeah. you haven't even met my kids right. yet. So <laughs> right. Where are we going there? Start there. Get right. ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So talk to me about your husband. So you taught, you told me, you know, kind of how you met the first time. Um, what, tell me about your relationship. You have two kids now. I want to know everything. My husband is the relationship that like, it just makes me feel like you know, everybody should believe that love can be exactly what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And the details of my relationship and the dynamic of how we work may not be everyone's cup of tea, mm-hmm. but the feeling I get from this partnership, mm-hmm. the way that it fuels every part of my life, the way that it informs my purpose and my why and supports me in just ways I didn't even conceive before. It is like, you know, when there there's things in life like, oh, don't believe the hype, like believe the hype. Like you, if you're very clear about what you're looking for and you're very dedicated to building a meaningful mm-hmm. relationship and you're wondering if it's worth the work, it is so worth it. It is my greatest accomplishment, hands down. The relationship oh my I have God. with my husband, hands down, is my greatest life accomplishment. Um, I'm, and I love I'm sitting here like jaw on the floor listening to you talk about this incredible love that you have with your husband. That's so unusual um, to hear, you know, people speak that with that amount of love for their partner what's the what's the secret i just think i really care about being great at it and he really cares about being great at it too i had this epiphany the other day because i like you prior to my husband i lived with somebody long term and mm-hmm. it was an on and off relationship in which i thought i was gonna get married to this person mm-hmm. i was like invested in that way it was an awful relationship mm-hmm. with you know all the things that we just mentioned those like typical red flags like just yeah. probably across the board just 
Not, not a good person, oh, yeah. definitely not a great person for me. And I used to hear the quote, relationships take hard work. And I held on to that as mm-hmm. my like, this is why you have to stay in it. You have to continue to put up with this abuse. You have to continue to put up with this shitty feeling. You have to continue to be depressed because this is what relationships required of you. They right. require hard work. And this, if oh. anything else, is hard. Like relationships aren't really what they told me they would be. But for one thing, it's definitely hard. So I'm like, this is what I have to do. And right. so I'm always like cautious whenever I hear people say like, you know, marriages are hard and love is hard. And I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be hard like that. But the aha that I had is that it is hard work because you do have to constantly work on yourself, learn new techniques and be curious and like show yeah. up for it. But I do that for a living. For a living, like I am assigned on the weekends. I'm in school right now to get my master's in psychology. Yeah, congratulations. Oh, thank you. ASU, so I'm right? always learning things that would be applicable to improve my relationship. And so I'm putting in that hard work. I'm just happened to be getting paid for it. So I think when the people say relationships take hard work, they mean it takes intentional work. Like you got to read a book. You got to listen to this podcast. You have to go do activities together with your partner. You have to do right. quizzes. Like you have to ask yourself hard questions. You may have to interview an ex. Like you can't just expect to just want a relationship to be great. And then just to be that with like unnecessary, undeserved, low. Like there has to be lots of maintenance and lots of curiosity. The good news is when you're with a good person, I think it's quite fun work. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think yeah, it's like when you enjoy what you do for a living, like you like going to work, like yeah, you it's don't not work. those sad Mondays. Yeah. You're happy. It, yeah, it's right. still work. We're still on a Monday working, but like I get to talk to you and it's amazing. I'm learning things from you and I got a really cool word out of it. Like we're working, but I I really quite enjoy it. So I think I, that's I, the difference. I, I just watched um, Anna Wintour's masterclass and that's what she said. You know, she just, she loves what she does. And so it's when you work hard at it, you're, it's because you love it. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's so, the caveat of, I think of that quote, the quote can go really wrong because it be- can become the mantra to keep really good people and some really unfortunately bad connections. But me. I also think that it's really important for people to not give up on their connections because they haven't, they assume that if it's good, it's supposed to just work. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So I read this article that you wrote about... um nine different types of non-monogamous relationships or or monogamous relationships either way. So I read it and um and it basically I mean there's nothing, you know, glaringly crazy about these different types of non-monogamous relationships. But I want to ask you I'm more I'm thinking about like how non-monogamy in an ethical way like with tons of communication really makes the most sense for us as human beings as like homo sapiens. But how, like in practice, could I be not jealous of my partner? Is is that ever a challenge? Yes. Let me back up and then I'm going to move forward to that question and just say that okay. the commitment structure, there's nine different ways of wanting to commit. I think that's important because for a very oh, long time, we mm-hmm. kind of think of it like I'm straight. And then we're like, obviously I'm straight, but I want one partner for life. And it's like, we've now evolved to not assume that everybody is just heterosexual. So we are like, right. what's your sexual orientation? And so those questions have now evolved over time to be a part of how we get to know people. We don't make natural assumptions, but when it comes to commitment structures, we still make the natural assumption that everybody wants one person for life. So if we kind of expanded that and we're like, okay, I'm curious about your sexual orientation. I'm also curious about your commitment structure. Um, who do you like to date and how you like to commit? And for some people, wow, that is traditional monogamy, which is one person for life. Like I'm in this no matter what. Some people it's modern monogamy, which is one person at a time. And they're very comfortable with the idea of divorce or with breakups when something isn't serving them. And there is a difference between the two in terms of how someone's going to enter into a relationship. So in addition to talking about non-monogamy, it also talks about forms of monogamy. So identifying what your commitment structure type is, myself and my husband's structure is free, which means that we started out as friends with benefits. So we were committed. We were not, we were dating each other intentionally, but non-committed. Okay. We were in an open relationship. um, And then now our relationship looks a hell of a lot like monogamy, but we subscribe to free because we're both of the mindset that that Mm -hmm. like tomorrow that could change. Uh, It hasn't changed in a number of years. I think by virtue, we have two small kids, but that idea that, you know, you could meet somebody that you want to get to know in that way is not so frightening to me that I would shut down the idea and say we're monogamous, period. So well, what about when you were open? Like, was that difficult? I mean, it was, I loved it. I've loved every facet 
of getting to know my partner and being with them. Like I've never had a period of time where I was like, this is terrible and shit. Oh, yeah, I hate it. You, I there's mean, moments and, you, and obviously there's, there's tough patches where what I want and what he want aren't on the same page, but I would never like classify like a season of our relationship as negative yet. Um, so at the time that we were open, I really, really enjoyed it. And I loved the dynamic that we had. I loved the way that I learned about myself through that. How I learned about him. Um, and I would Did you ever like see him hooking up with someone else? Or did visibly you guys keep it? that away? Yeah, visibly. No, I didn't visibly see it. Um, I, like, I'm just like thinking of that in my head. If I was picturing my partner with another person, knowing that they would be, I, I don't know if I could really, like, I don't know if I have the emotional maturity to handle that. I don't even know if maturity is the right word. I think even like, I think I have a fetish for it. Like, we're, uh -huh. I hope we're going to go to a sex party um, this year for Halloween, for Valentine's Day. There's one that I was invited to. I was like, I really want to go. I'm oh my God, my girlfriend just sent me a pic an invitation to a sex party in LA. Like, Is it February 11th? I don't remember. It was like kinky something. Okay, maybe because like, well, send me yours. Send me mine. I want to make sure I'm going to I'm, the best I'm one. not going to go because I live in St. Louis, but um, I and I've never been to one, but I'm definitely interested in exploring what that is and what it means yeah. to me and how it makes me feel and all of that. Like I am turned on by the idea of my partner with someone else. I've always been like sometimes yeah. when we're having sex, I might envision it. So right. I would say for people where that thought makes them go, oh, like that's probably not the right route for you. So that's what the part of the commitment structure really is, is being honest about how you can exist. I think a large part of relationships is like, how do I set myself up not to be fucking crazy? Like, how do I be with somebody and mm -hmm. commit to somebody and build a life with someone that is not going to pull on my triggers and make me the worst version of myself? That's the part that we often overlook. Um, and I think that you really have to be aggressive about the boundaries that it takes to ensure that you can like who you are within that dynamic. So if you know yourself and you're like, the thought of my partner with somebody else makes me sick to my stomach, do not entertain that. That's not mm -hmm. gonna be fun. Um, I know naturally whether I was in an open relationship or not, if my partner was completely 100% monogamous and was like, I only have eyes for you, I never want to see anybody else, I would still sexually fantasize about them with other people. That's just a part <laughs> of my happy place. So I'm not making a compromise there to accommodate for his needs or his being. Like that's my truth. So right. I think that if you don't feel that way, there that may not be something you want to explore right now. Right. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not the smartest idea. Let's. Okay. I have a few listener questions uh, for you too. Who needs to make the first move, men or women? I have a feeling I know how you're going to answer this. I feel like, yeah. It. I mean, I would want it to be me, right? Like, <laughs> right, that you're, I want you're that in charge comes across my path. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. Like, I think about the same with career. Sometimes there's career opportunities that I'm like, I want this and I send the first DM and I go for it. But I love it, of course, when somebody messaged me, like I have this amazing opportunity for you. So I think being open and available, like making it easy for people to make a move on you is important. Mm. But also if you see an in and that other person is not looking at you for some reason, be like, hello. And hello doesn't look like, can I buy you a drink? Are you taken? Hello can look like, do you know, do you know what time this place closes? Mm -hmm. Like, that that's the first move it but how do you make DM. yourself available but you just open yourself up for conversation okay i see what you're saying like you're not you know looking down at your phone and you're you know you're, you're just like yeah like if i i i have a podcast like i love being around hot guys like my hobby um so Dude, i have a too. natural way to just message people and be like i would love to talk to you that's my Bingo. way of Got making it. the first move right so you can find your own rhythm of that. But I think it's both. Make yourself available. 
put in, that could be like putting in your email on your Instagrams. There's a way people get in touch with you, opening up your DMs, having, you know, questions that engage people to start conversations with you, putting out flirty messages that Mm -hmm. like show you're available, whatever, make yourself available for people to move in on you if you want that. But then if they're not making the move and you see that you want something, I would say, yeah, find a way to. Instagram can just be a big dating app for most people. Not for me because Mm -hmm. I, but um, for most people. I think I like to hear about it. Why, why can't I orgasm from sex with a partner? Is it me or do I just pick the wrong men? It's important to um, pick apart unassisted vaginal orgasms from assisted vaginal orgasms to clitoral orgasms. So often when people say I can't orgasm with a partner, what they mean is that if they're not touching my clitoris, if there's not excessive foreplay right. and I'm just getting penetration the way I see in porn and movies, I don't orgasm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that is your truth, that is 75% of people with vulvas, mm-hmm. the vast majority don't orgasm that way. And the reason why there's a theory called rule of thumb, which means that your clitoris is too far from your vaginal opening and it might not ever happen mm-hmm. for you. Could be a mental block, could be a lot of different reasons. But that to be said, like you have to I guess we need more information on what not orgasming means. Um, and if you can orgasm by yourself, but you don't orgasm with a partner, it just means you're not incorporating what works for you and in sex into sex. And that's, that's an easy fix. Just start doing the things that work for you with the person that you're working with. Which leads us to this question. What's your number one tip for masturbation? Uh, find your flow. I think the number one tip is start with water. I love masturbating with water. It's a really great way also to define like out in the tubs or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like some lay under the tub. I know, they have to scoot their butt all the way to the bottom and then turn the faucet on. They need that like big rush of water. So a lot uh-huh. of pressure works for them. Right. Some people, it's the shower head um, directly mm-hmm. on the clitoris or to the side of it. Um, and maybe if none of those things work, if you do use the shower head with insertion, like it's an easy, free way to kind of play around. But I like that for masturbation. Yeah, like it's definitely mixing pressure, temperature and speed. And if you focus on those three elements and like move around the variables, you'll find your flow. Hopefully I like the water idea. I re- like I remember first realizing what masturbation was as a little girl, like with the jets in the hot tub, you know? Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I still like it. Still love it. Feels great. <laughs> Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. My favorite sex toy was a shower head in my parents, in my bathroom that my parents installed when I was like maybe eight. I Thanks mom and dad. I was 12. But then it, I went back actually recently and they changed and remodeled the shower and that shower head is gone. I was like, this shower head was a huge part of my childhood. How could memories, you? mom and dad? Memories. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's an ant- it's like an antique now. You yeah, save it's it. still like my favorite sex toy. To be honest with you, like I still shower think back fondly on the orgasms that I had there, and was like, wow, that was something. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Um, okay. Well, Shan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been wonderful having you on. I love listening to your podcast, Lovers and Friends with Shan Boudram. I ordered your book. It's at my house right now. I'm in Mexico, but it's on my doorstep. I need all of the tips. You're so cool. You like, you're easy to talk to. This is your new best friend, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thank you so much. And congrats on an amazing vacation with a partner. And you started this off being like, oh, my love life. Like your love life sounds amazing. It sounds like- It's really good right now. Rich think, and yeah, it sounds wonderful. Thanks to my girl experience. I'm not kidding you. My girl experience, my my three-day date with the woman who I'm still, I talk to all the time. I just really adore the energy that this person infused into me that like has allowed me this freedom. It feels really good. Oh man, I'd love to hear that. Listen to that yeah. F word again. It feels good. We should end on that. Yeah, it does feel good. Thanks, Shan. Bye.
All right, Dan Boudram, ladies and gentlemen. It's kind of a tongue twister. I love her name, by the way. She's just such a cool chick, easy to talk to, relatable. Nothing is... Uh, the, the thing that I got from her, well, I took a ton of notes, but is that it's all it's all okay. It's all about like just fluidly finding what works for you, but with intention. Yeah, so the three wishes. I'm going to write those down, figure out where I'm going in my romantic life. Because if I know, you know, okay? Subscribe to Intimate Knowledge on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 